This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Trends segment, I will be talking with Jenna Lang, founder and CEO of Lang International. Jenna has been coaching and consulting executives to be more effective in their high-stakes business communications for 20 years. Her work has spanned a wide range of industries and continents with executives at Microsoft, the Gates Foundation, Expedia, Google, and more. Her work also extends to helping CEOs of startup companies craft a compelling story that will appeal to future investors, as well as partners. Jenna speaks fluent Spanish and conversational Portuguese and has conducted customized training programs to help international teams throughout Europe and Latin America sell, negotiate, and communicate more effectively. Welcome to the show, Jenna. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you, Jennifer. It's great to be here. Great. Let's get started. Um, let's let's start with having you share a little bit about you and your path in technology. Lovely. Yeah, I'd love to. My my path started basically with my clients. I'd have to say client facing. I have a background helping leaders be as effective as they possibly can be in high stakes communication situations. That career brought me to the West Coast. I started my business in the Bay Area. And you can't really exist in the Bay Area if you're not exposed and working in tech. So then from there moved into a lot of the big technology companies doing a lot of work with the Microsofts um, and the Googles of the world, that big organizations and uh, helping their leaders with high stakes communication situations. That's great. It's a nice cross between business and technology because today, you know, um, business is driving technology, whereas a few years ago, technology was driving business. Um, so it's so great that you have both sides of it. Yeah, it's really, it's it's been quite a journey that I'm loving to, I'm loving seeing what I'm seeing right now in these two worlds coming together. In fact, just today I was reading an article of what Microsoft has been doing with storytelling, which I've been a part of. And it's so important that 
technology, business, business technology, that we're not separating that conversation. It's one conversation. It always needs to be the CEO and the CIO needs to be sitting next to each other in the same meeting every day. You can't separate them. Absolutely. So true. So, you know, in your world, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in technology or even in the business world? I love that question. I'm seeing it, it, what's amazing to me in the last 20 years in this business is it's it's cyclical. In but big cycles, we're talking 10, 20 year cycles. We are we're going back to the basics in some way of getting to the human side of communication, the human side of connection. We as much as digital transformation is a huge, quite frankly, overused term. Mm-hmm. Now, human transformation is a big part of the equation. Great, we've got all the technology to move things forward, but where are people in the process and how are they being developed? How are they being skilled up to be part of the future? Because they have to be in some way, shape or form. So that's why I'm seeing this conversation shift these days. And it used to be the conversation of 20 years ago. We always were talking about developing people. In fact, I used to do three day training programs and then it got cut down to two hour experiences. <laughs> and now back to hey it's now time for human transformation and what do we need to invest to make sure that happens so true the human part is so important we are finding you know we're in the training business as well and we do a lot of IT training technology training but we are getting a lot of requests where the IT directors the CIOs are coming to us and saying you know we have staff that really know technology well but it's the communication skills it's the leadership skills that they're lacking and in order for them to be a well-rounded professional even in the technology world you need those soft skills you need those business skills so they are so important you're absolutely correct yeah yeah so many of these jobs you know today we see the cloud and uh, many new job roles you know we're seeing artificial intelligence new job roles there machine learning what can we do as an industry to kind of bridge the gap because the skills are not present today? What are you seeing where, you know, even some of the smallest things that we can do to continue to bridge that gap so that people have the skills for this new technology trend? Hmm. That is a big question (laughs) because we we can't know i mean if we look 10 years out are we going to know as much as machines and the answer Uh to that question is no we won't but what will we know more of we will be able to provide insights on data potentially in a way that a machine won't but even that we're we're learning that they'll be able to do that as well so there's empathy Quite frankly, I see that as the only thing that really stands out that we haven't quite, we're working on it. (laughs) You know, machine learning and AI, they're working on empathy. They haven't quite gotten it dialed on yet, and they might in 10 years. But I I think that's the one place that as as humans, we, we can differentiate. And how do we teach, how do we teach the next generation? A couple different things. Number one, how important empathy is and where to get it and how to get it, how to put their computers and their screens down and look someone in the face and try to understand what it would be like to walk in their shoes. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece is teaching humans how to learn. 
we all need to be learners today. We need to learn fast. We have to want to learn. And when we give that up, when we think we've got it down, we know our job and we're comfortable and that's when things go wrong. So those are the two things that I see, you know, 10 years from now, do you understand what empathy is and how to apply it to every situation you're in? And are you constantly looking to learn? I love that. Empathy is such an important human skill that I agree. I don't think machine learning is there or ever will be there, you know, to provide that level that we do. Um, I I just I think that that is such you're so spot on on looking at it from a different perspective and not just looking at it from an industry perspective, from a technology perspective, but looking at it from the human side. I love that. So you're in training and certification. Uh, not mm-hmm. so much certification, but training, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what is the value of training, um, do you think, in this industry today? Oh. Well, I hope a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> we always hope that, right? We always hope that growing yourself, you know, growing your skill set is going to be beneficial to you in the long run. Um and I think that the more the more that we get exposed to the new trends and skills and having more awareness of how we're being perceived in different settings, the more impact we're going to be able to have. You know, it's funny. I was with my children this last weekend at a art museum and we were looking at artwork from the fort, like 1400s is that early, like really very basic art that had no um, dimension to it quite yet. And my kids said, Mom, none of these people are smiling. Why does anybody smile? Was everybody angry back then? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, we're, that's an interesting question. And it made me realize it's very much connected to this book I'm reading by Malcolm Gladwell, um, Talking to Strangers, that we are we're so quick to make decisions and assessments of people today. And we're using very little data to do that. And training today, in fact, I don't even use training as much as I use this opportunity for growth and development. So if we mm-hmm. if we think about, we are living in an existence where we're t- we have very small, finite amount of data that we're using to make decisions, to make a prediction of what we're going to do next. And we're living in a global world. I bet anybody, everybody listening to this podcast in the last week, they have probably talked to somebody who was born in another country. It's just the way that we're living today. But are we stopping and reflecting and do we have the skill set to do that to say, how can we have more impact in this conversation and how can we have more impact in our companies, taking other people's perspectives um, to heart? And that is what training is doing for people today, in my opinion. They know more about themselves they know how to get information. They know what to do with it after the fact. And gone are the days of, hey, let's do a three-day training program with nothing else. It's mm-hmm. let's do something in advance. Let's do some form of training. And then let's stay with you so you can really own these skills. So you can understand how other people behave and that you can do something with that data to have more impact. That's great. Um, so... You know, we continuously talk to our learners about continuous learning, continuously keeping yourself current, keeping yourself relevant. And I think that's so important. That's what you're saying. It's not just learning for today, but learning forever, 
because what well, I feel like once you stop learning, you're dead. But um, learning is so important, um, and continuous learning in this in this day and age is so critical because you should have formal learning, you should have informal learning. We learn a lot through. Uh, research um, through the internet, you know, there's lots of different ways to learn, but the most important thing is that you continuously keep learning and keep growing. And I love that instead of training, you said growth and development, because that is so important. Um, so mm -hmm. where do you see these skills and technology and business coming together um, in five to 10 years? I know that's a long time. It's a big ask. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah, and, and you get a great pause from me there because I I think about that in terms of, you know, what what do my clients need today to be successful five to 10 years from now? Mm -hmm. And what does this new generation need that's coming into the ranks, the working world right now and, and saying, how can I have impact? And as much as mindfulness is so over talked about, it is so critical today. And when you think about what skills people need in the future, one word always comes to mind and that's presence. Mm -hmm. And I do a ton of work helping leaders have more executive presence, which is quite a common term, right? Executive presence. How do you show up? How do you own a room? But it's not just about that. It's also about being present in the conversation, being present in every moment. So as you just said, that, that you're learning from that and then you take that knowledge and you do something with it. And I think that's the other thing that we're struggling with today is we have so many inputs coming at us that people aren't using a lot of what they're getting. So five to 10 years from now, the ability to be present in every moment take the inputs that you need to have more impact and do something with them. That is what I hope. That is what I teach my, my clients. And that's what I hope that they are going to focus on to be successful five to 10 years from now. Wow. Presence. That's such an important piece of a skill set today. And it kind of dives right into my next question with technology and all our devices. You know, everybody has multiple devices. They're all competing for our attention, uh, whether it's our laptop, our cell phone, our tablet, uh, and then, you know, many other devices, family. Um, yeah work, all of those things are competing for our attention. What do you do to to kind of create balance in your life? Well, gosh, I'd love to say that I had the secret <laughs> for balance. I was hoping I you did because I, I need help. I know, right? <laughs> well, if I did, I would have written a book about it or something. Um, we all, you know, here's what I love. Here's what I love about today is that we're all talking about it, mm -hmm. which I think is such a great first step is recognizing that, that we're not perfect and recognizing that we're all trying to figure it out and that we can laugh with it. And I have stopped, for example, I'll give you one silly little example. I've stopped saying the word busy. Mm -hmm. I don't say it anymore. I'm done saying it, I'm done hearing it. it. We're all busy, who cares? 
And it kind of goes back to this moment of being present. You get to make choices every day about how you choose to spend your time. What are the things that you want to be present for? Make those choices and then and then have fun with it and laugh with it. And then and then try to I mean, even if it's something as silly as stop saying the word balance, like pick something every day that you're going to say yes to or no to. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've decided to do. I can't say I do a great job of it every day. I mean, I laugh at myself all the time, but I try. I've learned that it's such a blended um, solution in order for me to have what we call balance, if we want to use that word or not. Yeah. Um, you know, it has to be blended because not at any one time you can say, oh, I'm going to just work eight to five and never touch my phone or computer between five and ten because there might be some things that you need to do. But then on the other hand, you might need to take your child to the doctor. You might need to go to the doctor during work hours. So it has to be kind of a blended solution to make it work. And that's kind of how I create balance. Good for you. Yeah, definitely. Blended is a great word. Now, um, in your business, um, how are professionals learning today versus learning a few years ago? I know you mentioned, you know, gone are the days for the three day classes. Now they're two hours. Um, we have programs that are called just in time, just enough training because customers ask us to do everything in like 30 minutes, which is not even possible, but they're always oh. wanting to shorten that cycle. So how is learning different today for your clients than it was from a few years ago? Yeah, well, and it's so funny because it goes back to the question you just asked me around balance and busy. Mm -hmm. And I, as much as I'm trying to create that, you know, that perfect equation for myself, I also have to understand what my clients are dealing with and they are exceptionally busy and they have very short moments of focus to capture information. So what we have been doing is trying to meet them where they are, which I'm sure you are as well. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're saying, I don't have a full day. I don't even have a half day. I don't even have an hour. I've got 20 seconds. I've got a couple <laughs> minutes in the car. What can I learn? So you have to meet them where they are. Where are they? They're on their devices. Mm -hmm. So as much as I just said, hey, you know, we, we need to find balance and we need to be present, they're on their devices and sometimes they're present on their device. Mm -hmm. So we've been moving into giving them an opportunity to learn something, but on their device mm -hmm. because we have to be where they are. We have to be able to give them a little nugget here and there on their device, but give them a very practical way to learn as well. So we're we've been working with a lot of you actually machine learning and I AI to help people practice. And I think the future of the work that I do, which is high stakes coaching, is going to be all on your device, on your mobile. You're going to be practicing for a big moment. You're going to be preparing key messages. You're going to be trying to work on getting to the point. You're going to do that all on your device and you're going to send it to your coach. Your coach is going to just in time provide you feedback, send that back to you. We're going to use AI as a back end to provide even more insight for you. And then you're going going to go on your way. And that's going to be at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, um, the middle of the day, whenever you have time to get coaching and feedback, we're going to be there for you. That's that's where I'm seeing the future. And that's what we're trying to be as well. That is incredible. And I, I, I see that working actually pretty well because everybody's time is different. Everybody's day looks different. And this way you are meeting them where they are is what you said. And I think that's great. Um, so in closing, what advice would you give to a professional 
you work with a lot of high stakes uh, professionals. Um, if you had one piece of advice that you could share um, that could help them grow or help them have a better presence, what would that be? Get to the point. Mm. That's that very powerful. Nice. That is very powerful. Get to the point. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I just wanted to pause for dramatic mm -hmm. effect. Mm -hmm. to to that's great that's great <laughs> right which i don't i don't always do as i probably haven't always you know done with every single question you have the biggest thing that i'm seeing is we have such desperate need to prove ourselves particularly when we're starting out um i work with a lot of senior women as well and that that desire to over explain the rationale behind a decision mm, stop just mm -hmm. what is it that you're trying to say and say it as clearly and concisely as possible. And those two things are so important. Clarity, because we're working in a global world. Not everyone's going to speak English. Mm -hmm. So make that message extremely easy for everyone to understand and very concise. That is my advice. I love it. And I, I feel the same way, especially as women, you know, in a male dominated yeah. world. It's so important that we get to the point because our culture, our nature is to really elaborate on things and kind of go all around before we get there. <laughs> and yeah. that's so important. It's really great advice. Well, Jenna, this was so amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show and we look forward to having you again. It was fun. Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it in-person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Women in Technology segment, I will be talking with Kim Snyder. Kim has spent 20 years consulting for executives and leaders of Fortune 500 companies on business growth, strategy, and transformation. She has traveled internationally and to all 50 states, and she loves to eat okra. Welcome to the show, Kim. I'm so happy to have you, and I have to say, we share the same love for okra. <laughs> um, so let's begin, and can you share with me a little bit about your career path in technology? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I actually started out doing quality assurance on three or four different platforms many years ago, and um, I think it was in, within three months I said, hey, can I get to your consulting group because I want to put this this technology into use, and so 
Um, that was at Computer Associates, and that was probably, oh, my goodness, I'm going to date myself about 30 years ago. Wow. And so, yeah, so I, I did that, and then I went to consulting, and I absolutely loved it. And I had, gosh, I've been a consultant pretty much my whole life, and I always worked in the technology field. So after spending just a little bit of time at Computer Associates, I ended up moving over to um, the Oracle Hyperion Enterprise Performance Management Suite, or EPM, and some people know it as CPM. And so that was a really good way for me to combine kind of those business skills and the technical skills. So when I went there, I went to the technology side as well. So I was installing. Um, we didn't have a lot of client server stuff. So literally, I remember working on people's quote-unquote servers at their desktop. <laughs> um, when I left that group about seven or eight years later, the installations were taking approximately two weeks per environment because you were installing multiple environments on multiple servers with multiple layers, right, by the time you added in all the database servers. So definitely hands-on. Um, and I... I loved it, and I loved the troubleshooting skills, and then I ended up switching more to the finance side again on that same EPM software, and so I totally understood the back end, and, um, which really was invaluable, I think, for my team and my customers because um, working on the finance side, a lot of those folks didn't have those skills, so I was able to bridge that gap, and then I kept moving into more transformation and strategy, again, in that same environment, but having that background. So it was really starting out in that technology focused and then really learning how to use that data and that troubleshooting in the back end to really help out my customers. My customers were, you know, leaders and executives of Fortune 500 companies. That's great. I love that you can share with our audience that technology doesn't always mean installing or coding. There's so many other components of technology like strategy and automation and uh, bus the business side, coaching, leadership, those types of things that really bring technology and business together. So I love that, you know, um, hopefully our listeners, our girls in technology are seeing that you don't always have to be just a coder to be in technology. Absolutely. So um, tell me when the light bulb went off that you knew that you really loved technology or this was something that you were going to do for a longer period of time. Was there any one moment uh, back in the day that said, Oh, you know, this this is something that really interests me. No, actually there was nothing. And in fact, mm -hmm. I've always kind of had this um affinity for business, and so it's ironic that I went into the technology side first, and I think it was really because that was what came up for me, right? So it was just being a QA tech, and I thought, oh, why not? Let's just try it and see how it goes, right? So I did it, and I, I'm really glad I did it because I was exposed to technology and processes and methodologies and just a whole different approach that I never had thought about. And if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have ex been exposed to um, that consulting side and implementing that software at customers. And so I really had no desire. I mean, everything I did – Prior to that was like business and helping out and none of it was technology. 
So it kind of fell in your lap and then you you really took it and expanded it into a broader focus, which is not just stay on that technology path, but see how business and technology work together, which which today is so critical. So, you know, we are in a very male-dominated field. Um, do you think that women have the same opportunities as men in this industry? I think that everybody has the same opportunities. Yes. I think that we just need to make sure that we seek them out and we let people know that we want them. And I think that um, as women, we tend to hold back and we tend to not go after those things for whatever reason. So I think that the same opportunities are there. I think that we just don't always raise our hands soon enough. And I, um, I think part of it also has to come down to confidence. I think it comes down to growth mindset and, you know, I mentioned raising your hand, making sure that you have those mentors and those people around you and just start asking questions. And if you see something, ask, you know, there's no reason that you can't do the same thing that the person next to you is doing. Now, that's great. Um, great insight, because seeking the opportunity is really the first step. And then building the confidence to go seek that opportunity or, or to say, yes, I can do this, even if you're 70 or 80 percent qualified, because the rest you'll learn really quickly. I think us as women have to have that strong confidence in ourselves in order to uh, to have the same opportunities as men. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that success breeds success. I, I don't know if it was Mia Hamm that said that, but as you keep getting those little wins and successes because you keep raising your hand and going, okay, I, I might not know all of it, but I'm going to try it and I'm going to figure it out. Um, I think you just keep winning and learning each time and it just builds, right? So at that point, after you've had, I don't know how many, X, <laughs> X number mm -hmm. of successes, you're like, okay, I'm just going to raise my hand because I know I can figure it out. Right. So whatever it is that comes my way, at that point, you've had so many successes and, and so many tools under your belt that you really can um, tackle anything because you have those bag of tricks, you have those resources, you know what you can do. And I think it's really just creating those opportunities and, and first raising your hand. It really starts with saying yes the first time. And as fellow entrepreneurs, we know that, you know, uh, we are leading teams that we have to be confident and we have to be able to say yes. And then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> let's let's just get to the next step, one step at a time. And uh, we have built that confidence. So I know all women can do that. But that experience, like you said, by some of the small wins makes such a difference. Now, um, as a woman in technology yourself when you were early on with you know oracle and uh, the several technology positions you had what kinds of challenges did you face and how did you overcome them you know i may have faced them and i didn't know and that's i think one of the benefits of being young is you don't know what you don't know when mm -hmm. i started out and so for me i honestly just said i had a job to do I wanted to do it well, I wanted to be successful, and I wanted to get results. And so if things weren't happening or being said around me, I really was, I didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't affect me. Um, I just moved forward. And I, it's not that I didn't ignore them. I just chose to, a different path. <laughs> that. 
I completely understand that because, you know, I started pretty early in my career, too. And, you know, some of the things that would be almost offensive today, um, I didn't take as offensive. I just took as that's the next step in my career. You know, I remember very, very early on, very young, uh, my boss had me bring coffee and make coffee for everybody, even though that was not my job. I just went and did it. I never thought twice about it. I was like, he needs this, we'll do it. But today, you know, maybe somebody would be taken aback because if you're a woman, maybe that's what the job would be, you know, that you'd be appointed to make the coffee. Whereas, you know, I didn't think twice about it being young, naive maybe, or uh, just saying, I'm gonna do what it takes to get ahead. And uh, very much like you, what you said. So that's really interesting. Um, what advantages do you think women have, um, you know, being in this industry today? Uh, you know, do you feel that we have some additional skills, qualities that can bring us forward? I do. And I actually would just want to add on the other um, sure. question really quick. So, you know, it's funny when you said that story, it made me realize and, and think about a story when I was working with, um, a male colleague at a client, and um, we had figured out pretty early on, thank goodness, because it made our working life much easier, that for some reason at this particular company, anybody in the IT department, which was men, mm -hmm. <laughs> seemed to mm -hmm. resonate and connect with me more. And so anytime we had any IT requests, I would speak with the men. We were also dealing with the finance team, which was mostly women, and they just seemed to really like my colleague much better and respond to him and get, you know, answers quickly from him. So we had decided then that we would split the roles based on what we saw the client had liked um, within ourselves. And so, again, it was just getting the job done and getting the results. And so it didn't matter who was doing what. It just made everybody's lives easier. And that's what we did. I love that story because there's like no politics involved, right? It's looking at the customer, customer needs this, it's working, it works well, let's move forward. And and I wish we did more of that today. So um, back to, you know, what advantages do you think that women have in the technology field? I definitely think that women actually have the best advantage and I don't think we're taking it um as much as we should, I think we should really be helping because we are natural connectors and we just tend to gravitate to relationships more. And I think that that's probably one of the pieces that I see missing in not only in technology, just in business in general, that in general is a strength of women. And I think that when they're able to connect the pieces um, and really pulling the people together and that have the right skills to the right job and making that happen and doing it because they, they've spent the time to talk to people and understand where their strengths are and they pull them in as needed. And I think that's one of the advantages that women really have just in general. I love that. With our Women in Technology Networks, we see that all the time because, uh, you know, women lifting women, women helping women, always connecting the dots, finding out how we can work together. What can we do to grow our businesses? What can we grow? What can we do to grow our networks? Um, so the connectivity that you're talking about is so real and I think is a huge advantage. 
Yeah, and that's what you're doing here, right? With this podcast, you're connecting the information and the knowledge and the lessons learned from all different aspects just to help out people, and that's why you're involved in WIT and and just continuing that education and trying to help and empower and support. Yeah, that's that's really one of my big goals uh, from these podcasts is to grow the awareness of technology, to grow more women into technology, and mainly really get a nice pipeline for girls in technology because I want them to see the breadth of different job roles there are for them to be in this industry because it's it's a lucrative industry, it's growing, it's dynamic, it's just, it's vibrant, you know, it's, it's really, I, I think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I do too. There's so many aspects to it. And I've got two friends that are both kind of in the technology project management world. And one of them has a daughter. And you know how you never listen to your parent. Well, in this particular incident, um, the woman with the daughter brought her to go watch this other woman speak. And afterwards, she said, Mom, why didn't you tell me that I could do that with technology? And so just exposing the women and the girls and the kids, whatever age, you know, that there's so many different facets to technology that I think your podcast um, is really just a great start to help with that pipeline, Jennifer. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and your journey, because um, that means a lot. Our, our stories really can inspire other women and uh, see success, you know, so that they can go on a similar path. So on that uh, note, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in the tech industry? Do it. I would say mm -hmm. absolutely do it, because it is a great foundation for a couple of reasons. I think it's a great foundation because technology is the backbone for everything. And if you can get a really core understanding of how it works, it will serve you in so many ways going forward. And every discussion that you're going to have with um, managers, directors, accounting, finance, marketing, any level within the company, you will always be able to have a discussion with them because you understand the core foundation. And then also it will teach you the troubleshooting skills that you need that, again, will be invaluable that you can use in any aspect of your life. So, for example, just basic testing and technology will allow you to do kind of an A-B testing approach when you, you know, progress in your career or you're doing something that you need to test, you know, two different scenarios and you'll get it. You'll get, you know, keeping everything else constant and only changing one factor. But if you don't have that really core understanding of technology, um, I think that it'll just be more of an uphill battle. I think if you can get those skills early on, it'll help. In fact, I see that with business owners today. I mean, I think there's many business owners and even some of the leaders and companies, they don't have it. And if they had it, it would make some of those discussions go much faster and easier. <laughs> great advice. Great advice. I love it. Just do it. Um, you know, stop thinking about it. Start your research and get on the journey because that's that's what will take you to places you couldn't even imagine that you would go to you know just in both of our careers we've been like you know you don't know what you don't know so you just have to jump in with both feet and see what happens so you got to start exactly say yes and figure it out like you said earlier <laughs> right no that's great now you know technology is constantly changing we have several devices every one of us has multiple devices from our phones to our tablets to our desktops to our laptops 
Um, how do you keep your technology skills current? But more, more importantly, how do you create balance in your life with technology? Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. That's the twist about the balance. So keeping current, that's the easy one, Jennifer. Yeah, so, I mean, I think even though I'm not as hands-on as I used to, I still read on everything. I still read on AI and RPA and, oh, gosh, anything to, with technology, I still, you know, do a lot of reading and, and keep up with it, and I find it super interesting. Um, I do do some hands-on now for my business. Uh, you know, because I believe that I need to understand enough to either hire out or fill in if I don't have a team member, just like before. It doesn't matter if it's coffee, coding, whatever it is, you've got to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, finding the balance. You know, I do actually try to find the balance. I don't reach for my phone first thing. And at night, I do kind of put it aside and I'm not looking at it. So I'm, you know, spending that time with my husband. Um, it's down and away. In fact, sometimes it's in the other room charging. And so after, you know, five or six, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Now, I might grab my tablet and read a Kindle, but I'm not typically doing like work, maybe light social media, but I do try to find that balance because I can't look at the screen all day long. <laughs> well, I need, I definitely need some help from you because that balance is always, always difficult. And uh, I had some of my employees uh, scolding me because I was just on vacation last week and still working <laughs> almost the whole time. Um, and they said, well, we're going to tell HR on you <laughs> if you don't <laughs> stop working. Put the phone away. And, you know, you're just always connected and it's always so hard to disconnect sometimes. But um, great advice to keep it in another room, your your phone, have it charged somewhere else, not by you, not by your bed. Don't constantly be picking it up. I think that's great advice. You know, and one of my companies I used to work with, I mean, you wouldn't see emails after, well, I used to have a com- I used to have two companies I worked for, and one of them, you would see emails all day, all times of the day, and another one, you wouldn't see one past five or six o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think when I started there, I did get, uh, I think my manager did reach out to me and say, hey, you don't have to email after hours. It's okay to wait to business hours. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. So if you, you know, if you don't have a company that's helping you do it, self-impose. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you a quick story. One of my employees, this was many years ago, um, we always had our phones connected and technology things come up all the time. There's always urgent needs from our customers, from our partners. And um, I've never, ever told anybody to work after hours or look at their phone. Um, and this one employee had kids. And so she would shut down right at you know five o'clock and then she'd come back and she's really hard worker, always reliable, did a great job. But every time she'd come in the next day, she felt completely left out in conversations because there were so many employees going back and forth talking about different things. And that pressure forced her to start looking at her phone <laughs> at night because she didn't like to be left out. And it's just it's something that you really have to be a very strong to do. So that's why balance is so difficult. Yes, it is. I agree. Again, it, it trust me, it didn't happen overnight. It took me, um, I'm embarrassed to say, a few years to get to that yes. point. So. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. All right. So in closing, what three words would your friends use to describe you? 
fun, driven, and compassionate. I love those. And I think I agree with all of them for for the short time that I've known you. But um, I really enjoy talking to you. You're focused. You're um, definitely an entrepreneur, compassionate, very um, always thinking about how you can give back. So your friends are right on with those descriptions of you. That's great. Uh, Well, Kim, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure having you on the show, and I hope to have you again on another show. Well, thank you, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure to be on here, and thank you. And, you know, I would love to be able to help your audience in any way, and if I can, I would offer if they want to schedule a 20-minute call with me, if they have any questions, if they want to go to kimdsnyder.com slash Jennifer. And I will get on a call with them and and help coach or mentor them in any way I can, just as it gives back. That's great. Thank you so much for that offer. So can you uh, provide that uh, link again? Yes. KimDSnyder.com slash Jennifer. And Snyder is S-N-Y-D-E-R. Great. Well, I'm sure our listeners will reach out and... uh, This is a very valuable offer that you've put out, and we really appreciate it. Thank you again. Thank you. And now, an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end-user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum, on-demand courses, for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, 
go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast